This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer. If you'd like to hear more information about our show today, for listeners in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262-729-4128. For listeners in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. Kramer spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, you can view the last couple of our podcast shows by clicking on both the media library and radio tabs. You can also hear plenty of our shows on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're here to help. So our topic today is going to be on investment behavior for the stock and bond markets. Uh, Delbar, which is a research company going back to 1994, they look at on an annual basis, um, annual basis investment behavior based on uh, their long and, and short-term timeframes for investments, how long they hold it with regard to withdrawal rates, buying and selling, switching in and out of the market. How do they perform relative to the benchmarks we look at, which includes the S&P 500? We're going to get a little more into that, but before we do, I just want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm glad you asked, James. I had a great week. Last weekend was beautiful. The weather was great, so uh, I got a lot done. I've been spending more and more time outside, which is always good, right? It's been a great uh, couple of days we've had out here in the Midwest. It's been awesome. And today's... Today's pretty nice. Today is Monday, May 22nd, and right now it's about 80 degrees here in lovely Wisconsin. it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, I I just absolutely love this. Well, um, you know, I know you have a great show lined up for us today. Uh, Let's jump into it. Those Dalbar uh, research reports uh, are always great, chock full of amazing information. And I know you said we're going to talk about market investment behavior or investor behavior uh, when it comes to the stock markets. This is a curious thing for me. Uh, Why are we talking about this and where do you want to begin? Well, there's a lot of investors who, when they invest money, many times their major objective is to beat the market. And when it comes to that, they're mainly talking about what they hear on the news, which is the stock market, the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones. And investors, almost on an annual basis, do not achieve their ultimate objectives. Now, investors have many different objectives, and sometimes that clouds their long-term return. So we're going to go into this a little bit. Delbar, uh, a research uh, organization, 
looks at this every year and spits out the numbers and the numbers don't lie. So we're going to go over that. Awesome. Awesome. The truth does not lie, right? That's what they say. No. So the numbers are, are there. And, and I know there's a lot we can learn from these numbers. So let's jump into it. Okay. So we're going to summarize this report. Uh, this is the 29th annual edition of their quantitative analysis of investment behavior. Uh, they've done this since 1985, all the way up through the present. And that includes a couple of bull market runs we saw in the 80s and the 90s, as well as the stock market crashes, including what happened last year. And typically what they they find in their ultimate re results, typically year after year after year, is that the long-term buy and hold strategy tends to win more often than not. Um, using these benchmarks sometimes is not the correct way in which an investor should look at it, especially when they're in retirement. Uh, there's a lot of behavioral influences that kind of throws the investor off. And I'm going to summarize that a little bit. And then the lessons from past markets. Sometimes we can use that as sure. our guide, um, especially as we get into tough periods of time like now, Tony, when we have a high inflation rate, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Are they going to continue on that? Are we are we to be concerned because of the wars that are, are going on or one that could uh, enter into the fray? Right now, it's the, the government debt and there's a debt ceiling to it. Uh, causing a lot of investor concerns and their decisions with that. How would that affect them going forward? Wow. Okay. So uh, our behaviors as investors, uh, people who have money in the market, whether it's through your 401k or working with a financial advisor, um, you know, sometimes people panic uh, with their accounts and let their emotions uh, change what they do uh, as an investor, right? That's right. So a couple of things that lead to investor psychology, that is loss aversion. The biggest uh, one I find with investors, what prevents them from yielding the highest return that they can? And that is expecting high returns with low to minimal risk, number one. And that's one of the things I do with uh, risk management is when I do my financial planning with people, I kind of want to find out what their expectations are. So we do a risk tolerance quiz, and then sometimes I'll, I'll play devil's advocate, and I'll give them a couple of scenarios, and I want to get to learn them more. Uh, because especially if I'm going to work with them, I kind of know, I kind of want to know ahead of time how, what they're thinking, you know, when things go bad. I want to make sure I put them in a situation where if they don't want to have at all any potential for a 20% or greater loss to their accounts, well, I'm certainly not going to invest them like I would if an investor was just looking for uh, beating the stock market, all of a sudden now our, our direction has changed. Our goal should not be to beat the stock market because somebody who says to me, I cannot handle a 20% or greater loss. I might more, I might be more apt to go into cash or to get more conservative after you've already lost at least 20%. Well, now we can't focus on how to beat the market. We have to kind of get through the market safe and soundly you know, taking more of a slow and steady approach. So that investor has to understand, here's the parameters. You're not going to get the highest return potential, but we're focused every bit as much, if not more so, on protecting your money. And now that S&P 500 or the Dow Jones and beating it should not be your major um, mindset when it comes to that. Also, 
Yeah, there's a number of other things that go along with that. Sure, go ahead, Tony. Well, yeah, I, I think you're making some great points. That's all I was going to say. I think that it really is uh, amazing, and there are things that lead to this. I mean, you know, we're constantly bombarded by information, and that really affects the behavior of investors, doesn't it? Yes. So Delbar did some great research on this, and they found in only 10 of the recent 37 years, the average investor beat the market in only 10 of those 37 years, 27 out of 37 years. Uh, the benchmarks, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, uh, all substantially beat the average investor. And uh, a couple of reasons why, in addition to you know, having more of a conservative portfolio because of the, the fear of loss, um, comes with it withdrawals. You know, especially retirees, you're withdrawing money out of your accounts. And we have two ways of measuring returns from the mutual fund company or your money manager. We look at time-weighted return and the internal rate of return. Those are two very important things to look at. So when you look back on time, and let's say you're researching a mutual fund, it'll show you their rates of return over time. That's based on the time-weighted return. That is assuming you would have invested your money right up front, never made any additional contributions to it, and never made any withdrawals from that account. Many investors can't say that they did that. Many investors are going to be moving money in and out. Um, they're going to be contributing. They're going to be withdrawing money out, especially if you're in retirement. When you're withdrawing money out, your internal rate of return automatically is going to be lower than what they're posting on their website with what they did because you're looking at math in a different way. And so a lot of investors right off the bat are going to be immediately lowering their potential return because of the withdrawals. Often they need to make those withdrawals. So therefore, you know, when we look at performance wise, they're going to be undercut. And with my clients, when I meet with them, especially when they're in the withdrawal phase, I'm going to show them here's what actually the money manager did. My third party money manager, I'll show them those returns. But in reality, to the investor, which is the only thing that matters, is what's that real internal rate of return? And often there's a 1% to 2% difference over time. And that 1% to 2% difference can be quite stark in the long run, but they're doing so because they need that money to cover their income gap. So when you look at these statistics, invariably, the odds of you beating the market when you're in retirement are going to be very challenging especially when we're looking at the S&P and the NASDAQ uh, 100, which has been the two best performing market indices over the past decade by far. So we often talk about the market. We're talking about the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, and maybe even the NASDAQ 100. But really, when you look at it, we have to look at a global stock basket. Uh, there's a number of indices that track small cap stocks, foreign stocks. We have to really group that together there. And when we look at the full spectrum of stocks in the United States, abroad, typically investors are doing actually quite similarly to what we see with stocks in general. It's just when we focus purely on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100, those have been tough to beat over oh, the last decade. Yeah, they have. They have. I mean, we've had one you, one down year and then a lot of up years in there. That's right. 
Um, so sometimes it's unrealistic expectations. Sure. The, lots of foreign money has come into the United States over the past decade. I know it's been a little bit different of recent where you're starting to see a bit of an outflow in back into their host countries. But the, the U.S. dollar has been very powerful abroad. And a lot of investors abroad do not feel comfortable with their home country or the eurozone. So a lot of people are current are changing their currency into U.S. dollars. And when they do, when they invest, invariably it's in S&P 500 type of companies. Um, that's not going to continue for the long no. run, though, as we see by yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's true. It is amazing what affects the market and then what affects uh, the people's uh, choices and investors in the market. Uh, I really find that interesting. Yes. And, and the other thing is, but this is such a great article. It shows net contributions and net withdrawals based on stocks in the United States versus bonds in the United States. And most of the years leading up to 2022, Tony, uh, more, more people contributed more of their money into the bond market over the past 10 years than the stock market. In fact, there's way more money in the bond market compared to stocks. <laughs> in the United States and globally. Uh, the bond market is the king of investments. And when you look at it over the past decade, investors have been extremely disappointed, including last year. Um, the, the only year we can look back going over this past decade was last year, there was a large outflow of money out of bonds. Um, there was the highest recorded going back several decades of people dumping their money out of of the bond market and going into other investments, whether it be stocks. I think most people just put money over into the banks because we're seeing some higher interest rates over there. Um, it's just incredible to me when we do this, we have to realize when these types of investments automatically come back, like this, the bond market this year is up just a couple of percent, but it's up. And you know, when you pull that money out, it's sort of calling that loss at that point in time. Uh, we have to realize that. And so invariably that reduces our long-term returns. So getting panicky, changing our strategies more times than not can create um, less overall returns. Now, it's not to say getting out of the bond market was necessarily a bad thing. It's if they can move that money into something that's going to be more profitable for them in the long run, which could include structured notes, uh, annuities, Certainly, those are avenues that could be good alternatives for the bond market. Well, then that could be that could be good. But if it went into cash, like a cash position, getting out of the bond market would not have been a long term smart move. It's sort of like calling your loss at that. Point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's something that's a mistake a lot of people end up making is, you know, when something's down, oh, man, bonds have not been doing well in quite a while. So I'm going to get out of bonds. But then they just. Uh, don't they let they leave that money on the sidelines or they don't right. invest it properly. They don't stick to a plan. I'm hearing a theme here and everything you're talking about, uh, which leads me to believe you need to be working with a financial services professional like yourself, have a plan in place. And it's a plan that you can make adjustments as you go. In certain years, you might want to adjust when the bond market and the uh, stock market both go down. But you also have vehicles that 
uh, people could put their money in and not just have everything in stocks and bonds. The old 60-40 rule doesn't necessarily apply anymore. You've got to have diversity, right? Right. And I follow an allocation model and I tend to stick to that. So if somebody's a 60-40 investor, you know, when times get bad, we don't all of a sudden throw our whole strategy out the window and go from 60-40 to 40-60, you know, kind of reversing the percentage of stocks held. You're a 60-40 investor for a reason. And we don't know the future. That's the whole point of risk management. If we did, Tony, you and I can make a fortune. Uh, we would probably not be doing what we're doing right now, doing this mm-hmm. podcast if we if we did. And a lot of people tend to go towards the negative. It's an easy thing for us to do in life. We take the more that something's going to go wrong more than it's going to go right. The Murphy yeah, law, Murphy's Law type yeah. of attitude. Yeah. You know, so the debt limit, somebody might feel that, you know what, we can't trust our politicians. They're going to send us off the, the debt ceiling cliff. And, you know, we're going to see a, a run on the stock market and, you know, never it's never going to come back. And we, we tend to go there. You know, we don't trust our government or, you know, things that globally are looking terrible. Let's let's get out. And that's a that's a natural yeah. feeling. But in the long run, you're going to lose yeah. doing. Yeah, that. you are. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one big reason you don't have to go it alone and people can set up a consultation with you. There's no cost. There's no obligation, correct? For that initial consultation. That's right. That's right. And everybody's situation is different. So when we talk about the 60-40 investor, that's just an example. If you're an aggressive investor, I want to make sure that you can afford to go through that trough, as I call it, the downturn of the markets. What if something goes bad? I'm going to, I'm going to do a, uh, a, a stress test for you just to see whether you can handle the down. And if you can, then we stay to that plan. If not, then we've got to look for a modification. If you're looking for higher returns and you don't want to ever see a 20% loss in a year, well, there's, it's going to be tough going. Yeah. Yeah. For you. It is. Um, we have to, we have to be realistic and I want to make sure that I can help those people. If I feel that the expectation level uh, doesn't match reality in, as far as at least how I work. I'm, I'm going to have that honest conversation. I want to make sure that I can help them. I can show that person, especially somebody who's looking to retire, how much based on your lifestyle will you need to have saved in order to do that? And I can do it with a 99% degree of assurance based on history of whether you've got the enough retirement funds to make your retirement dreams last. There's a number of things that we get into tax planning, and so on. All right. Well, that sounds great. And I think it's really important. Investment behavior, um, it can be all over the place, but the numbers don't lie and people make decisions for various reasons. And you want to make sure that you have a third party who isn't emotionally invested and isn't making emotional decisions when it comes to investing. Uh, I think you've made that point very well. It's clear why people need to work with a financial advisor like yourself. So how can our listeners get a hold of you, Jim? Okay, so Tony, they can reach out to me if they're in Wisconsin. Our Lake Geneva number is 262-729-4128. If if you're in Illinois, you can call us at 815-331-8096. We're here to help. All right, sounds good. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. 
Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramen Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representative representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.